0: Blog Talk Radio. 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your
1: host, Chris G. Happy Valentine's, everybody, and welcome to the February 14th edition of the Habs 360 podcast here on allhabs.net. I'm Chris G. at Chris G. 1980, and it is also Hockey Day in Canada, so there's hockey all day long today, but coming up in the next 60 minutes, we will bring you the latest on the Montreal Canadiens, and we'll tee up tonight's game between the, the our favorite Bleu Blanc Rouge team in an original six matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs Saturday night. Doesn't get any better than that. And on Valentine's Day, I don't know. It has the sounding as we had the uh, the Easter Friday game years ago. So who knows? Could be something special going on tonight at the Bell Centre. The game between the Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, some news and notes for today's game. There's two scratches. Tom Gilbert and Yirchi Sekach will not be in the lineup for the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, Tom Gilbert as well will not be in. Replacing them will be Manny Mahocha, who will make a return to the lineup, as well as Mike Weaver. Quasim played since Super Bowl Sunday in the game against the Arizona Coyotes. Joining me with me today to uh, help me talk much Canadiens, Canadians, Twitter handle is at Peter Galanos. Peter, happy Valentine's Day to you.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Chris, and uh, happy Valentine's Day to all our listeners.
1: Yeah, and uh, we love every single one of our listeners here on uh, Habs 360. Canadians had a busy week, four games since our last episode, so let's
3: get it started. Markov, the field net, it, the
0: puck
3: if you notice, our focus from the start of the game was to try to generate as many shots as we could. In the first period, we had 15, and second period, we, we had 30, so, you know, uh, total. So, our
4: mindset was just trying to get the puck to the net. We kind of stay even keel no matter what um, we knew we, uh, you know, we were going to have a better effort tonight. Uh, we didn't let that phase us. I thought we had another. I think the shots were 15 to three after that or something. So we we had a good first period and uh, you know kept it rolling from there.
1: So last night the Montreal Canadiens six two winners over the New Jersey Devils. That game was played at uh, the Bell Center. We heard from uh, the goal from Thomas Plekanec. It was the second goal of the night. It was his 14th and 15th of uh, the season, and at that point. He tied Saku Koivu with 191 goals in Montreal Canadiens uniform. So that's quite the milestone hit by Plekanec. And later on during the week, he actually surpassed uh, Saku, Saku with his 192nd goal. And we also heard from uh, P.K. Suban and Dale Weiss speaking about the game against the New Jersey Devils. Canadians scored three power play goals in the second period during that game which is quite uh, quite rare as an accomplishment. And in that period PK Suban became the first player since Saku Koibu once again to get three power play assists in the same period. That's what Suban did that night against the Devils. Sacu Korbu did it on february twentieth, two thousand and seven and as well it was the third game this season that the Canadians scored three power play goals. So it was quite the performance Canadians outplaying the New Jersey Devils seven days ago. Two, one is the
0: score. Boston after the loose... Oh, there it is, empty box. The play had been
5: called back there. The Canadians are
1: celebrating. <laughs> so there you go. There We heard uh, Bob Cole a little bit confused last Sunday night on net. That goal was a goal that counted. It was uh, was Andre Markov, who scored a seventh goal of the season to give the Canadians a 3-1 victory over the Boston Bruins. And with that win, it was the first time since 1944-1945 that the Montreal Canadiens have swept a regular season series with only regulation wins against uh, the Boston Bruins. So Canadians won all the matchups Peter Against the Boston Bruins, and it wasn't much of a rivalry between uh, these two teams this season. Yeah,
2: definitely, definitely not this season. And uh, at least this time, there was no excuse that uh, the Canadians were not playing a second game in two nights because they were. So were the Bruins. So contrary to the first three, that was not an excuse. And this time, the Canadians came out on top and uh,
1: looked good doing it as well. And. Like I said, it was, it's not much of a rivalry this year against the Boston Bruins. Uh, historically, it hasn't been much of a rivalry against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So who is left for the Canadians as rivals? It seems like at least maybe the most exciting one could be against the New York Rangers. I'd say the Tampa Bay Lightning, too. That's turning into a good rivalry, too. Yeah, as well. And like uh, like I say, it always takes a playoff series to, to start a rivalry between uh, between two teams. On the Tuesday night, Canadians facing the Philadelphia Flyers. Once again, this game was at uh, the Bell Centre. Montreal Canadiens 2-1 winners over the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's hear from P.K. Subban and Carey Price.
3: Second period, I thought we really took over. I thought we generated a lot of opportunities and scoring chances, and uh, we wanted to continue that in the third period.
6: That's that's been our philosophy these last few games. It's just trying, uh, you know, just trying to funnel net uh, pucks towards the net. Um, you know, just find ways to pick up those loose pucks. That's uh, that's been our, our bread and butter over the last couple of games, and it's been
1: working. So, so Carey Price, that oh, we just heard of, it was his 209th career win in the NHL. All of them, obviously, with the Montreal Canadiens. So, so that places him now fourth place. In Montreal Canadiens history. The 3 goaltenders that he's still trailing, Jacques Plante with 314 wins, Patrick Waugh with 289, and Kent Dryden is at third place with 258. So the next milestone is Kent Dryden and he's missing 49 wins. So that should happen. If he stays healthy, probably sometime next year the carry price will be able to uh, to surpass Dryden and maybe the following year. I- once again, assuming no injuries that the uh, carry price will be able to surpass Patrick Juan within a couple of years. It's very possible unless of an injury that with this contract of price has remaining with a team at the end of it, he'll be the Canadians' all time leader in in wins. so you know what that means uh he's gonna the uh, is uh, what the, the Canadians will have to pay carry price once his current contract is over, and, well, he certainly does deserve it. Moving on now to Thursday night, the Edmonton Oilers were in town to face the Montreal Canadiens, and, well, final score was 4-3 to for the Oilers in overtime against the Montreal Canadiens, and this was a game where the Montreal Canadiens took a 2 nothing lead to start off. The Oilers came back, scored a pair of goals, tied it up at 2, Canadians took a 3-2 lead with a goal that was scored by uh, Max Pacioretty. Then, with a couple of minutes left, Thomas Plakanic in front of an empty net, tried to put it in, but he was stopped by a defenseman. And the Oilers came back on the other side on the same play. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored with 25 seconds to send the game into overtime. And then in overtime, Lander scored to give the Oilers a 4-3 win. Dustin Tokarski was in goal for that game for the Montreal uh, Canadiens. He didn't look good on all the goals. He also made some uh, big saves. He finished the night allowing four goals and 38 shots. And in the overtime goal, he got knocked down by uh, by Tom Gilbert. But my critique on that play for Dustin Tokarski is he was no longer focused on the puck. It seemed like he was focused on looking at the referee to try to get a uh, a penalty call.
3: No, I don't think it's strange at all. I think that if you if you're complacent at times against any team in this in this league, you're you're not gonna have the result that you want. I thought we did some things well, but um, we had opportunities to put the game away. We had opportunities to to get back to doing what we do best and back to uh, doing what we've been doing pretty consistently, and that's kind of sticking to our game plan. I think we got away from it too many times tonight, and it cost us. I'm
4: not worried about who we play. We never have been. Uh, you know, that could be some outside noise, but uh, we worry about our own game and what we can control. We can't control our opponent. We can only control the way we play, and uh, we only focus on ourselves.
1: All right, so we heard there from P.K. Subban and Max Pacioretty following the game against the Edmonton Oilers. We'll get back to that game in a couple of moments. So the Canadiens right now have played 54 games. They have 74 points. They have a record of 35-15-4, which currently puts them first place in the Atlantic Division in terms of points. Tampa Bay is in there with 74 as well, but the Montreal Canadiens do have three games over, three games in hand over the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Detroit Red Wings have 71 points, so three points behind the Canadiens. The Canadians have sorry the Red Wings have one game in hand over the Canadians. If we look at the wild card race, quite a cushion for the Montreal Canadiens right now. Uh, the first team out of the playoff spot is Florida Panthers with fifty nine points, so that gives fifteen points. So I don't think there's any danger the Canadians not making the playoffs. And if we look in the entire NHL. Canadians are fourth place with 74 points. First place are Nashville Predators, who have 80. And Canadians do have one game in hand over the Predators. And in the Eastern Conference, Canadians are first place, tied with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And speaking of playoff chances, Canadians have a 99.908 chance of making the playoffs, according to sportsclubstats.com. And, well, Canadians have, as well, a 5.6 chance of winning the Stanley Cup. So, hey, there's there's hope that number 25 might be heading to Montreal at the end of the year. All right, so, as you know, HAPS 360 is the most interactive, most informative Canadiens podcast that you can find. You can reach us via Twitter, at HAPS 360, for your comments or anything related to our discussion or anything Montreal Canadiens related and you can also give us a call toll-free 1-877-455-4945. It's a toll-free call from anywhere across North America. Well, we that, play,
6: but... we play a really bad game in all aspects. We got lucky to get one point, but tonight uh, Tarkovsky gave us a point. We play, we played a bad game with and without the puck.
1: So the coach made it simple hilarious. He said Canadians played a bad game with or and without the puck. So pretty much means the entire game, right? Because if if you're not if you have the you have the puck or you don't during the game. So Peter, uh, before we go a little more deep discussion about this, I want to read you a couple of uh, stats from the Montreal Canadiens. Against the five worst teams in the NHL, Canadians have a four, four and two record. So that's a five hundred record. In the last twelve games, Canadians have an eight and four record. Their four losses have been against Ottawa, Arizona, Buffalo and Edmonton. And to make things even worse, Canadiens on Thursday night lost to the Edmonton Oilers. And what makes it embarrassing is that even the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Edmonton Oilers. I think that's what—that's what probably the most embarrassing part of the loss against the Edmonton Oilers. So, Peter, I know we spoke about this a little bit last week. But at this point, I'm starting to think that this is no longer a coincidence that the Canadians keep losing against uh, these teams.
2: I guess it's not. And uh, I want, I'm starting to wonder what, uh, what it is. Is it the... Um is it a question of uh bad uh, mental preparation before the game is it um, you know a lack of motivation to play against these teams when uh it's it's hard to say what the what the problem is in this situation
1: uh, i'm trying to think that it's i think the responsibility is is shared between the players and the coaches but i think most of it would have to go to the player's side because they're the ones that are on the ice. They're the ones that are actually playing the game. And it looks pretty evident to me that they're not motivated when when they're facing these teams. They probably take them too lightly. They probably don't listen to the coach uh, or they don't tune into the coach as much for, uh, for these kind of games. And then they hit the, the ice. And it's too late. Even the game against the Edmonton Oilers, Canadians had a two nothing lead, which was a same similar situation against the Arizona Coyotes on Super Bowl Sunday, where the Canadians came out, scored two goals, had a two nothing lead, and then they blew it. So mostly for the Canadians this year, we've been one of the critiques has been the bad starts that they've had. While against these were bad teams, Canadians came out strong, scored two goals in both these situations. And then the rest of the game, nothing uh, nothing really worked for the Montreal Canadiens, and the Canadiens allowed the Edmonton Oilers to uh, head back in the game. Let's hear one more clip from the coach following the game against the Edmonton Oilers. I
6: don't think so. It's not the same thing. We played Buffalo, Uh team out of the playoff. I believe we played a good game. Their goalie uh, stole the game. Those things going to happen.
1: So there you go. So coach saying that it's not the same thing. It's not a game against the Buffalo Sabres. They played well, and I don't know if I really agree with that, uh, with that comment. But hey, who knows? He's the coach, and well, he says what he has to what he has to say. Canadians tonight facing the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's Valentine's Day. We love our Habs. We're, we'll be in a loving mood, and we'll love the Toronto Maple Leafs, I guess for tonight as well, and one we will love every single fan of NHL and in hockey in general. So we decided what better way to throw our love to the Toronto Maple Leafs than by throwing out a couple of Leaf jokes. And if you have any, you can send them to us via Twitter, at tab 360 and we'll read them on the air. I'll get us started off with the first one, and what's the difference between the vacuum and the Leafs? Anybody knows the answer? No. Well, eventually the vacuum stops sucking. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. It's it's pretty pretty simple concept, right? Make fun of the leaves. It's not it's not hard. And there's plenty of material for Toronto Maple Leafs to make fun of this season. All right. So we know there's March second trade deadline coming up. We've heard a couple of names. Over the last couple of days that have been circulated by reliable sources so we'll talk about that and more on the other side of the break this is the Habs 360 podcast featured on lahabs.net.
0: want the latest Habs news with game reviews reviews and highlights tell about full coverage of development camps and special events Looking to follow the Hamilton Bulldogs more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects? Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got everything you're looking for at AllHats.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected hash fan around. AllHats.net.
7: Frameworth Sports Marketing has been manufacturing high-quality sports memorabilia since 1992. By setting new standards in the industry, Frameworth is now the largest distributor of autographed NHL memorabilia in the world. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, CFL, and Hockey Hall of Fame. Frameworth is also the exclusive supplier and distributor of autographed products for some of the best players in the world, including Sidney Crosby. Jonathan Tace, John Tavares, Alec Galchenyuk, and much more. Unlike other companies, FrameWorth produces most of what they sell, and this allows them to guarantee the quality of every piece. For more information on FrameWorth Sports Marketing, visit FrameWorth.com.
0: I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or family. Well, don't just show your friends. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
1: Alright, welcome back. I'm Chris G at Christy1980 along with uh, Peter at uh, Peter Galanos as we look ahead to the game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, 7pm, coast to coast on the CBC part of uh, Hockey Day in Canada. And let us know via Twitter. We We spoke about how the Canadians have been struggling against, let's call them non-playoff teams. And let us know on Twitter, are you worried about the Canadians, about tonight's game against their their rivals or their arch rivals or whatever you want to call them. At least people in Toronto think it's a big rivalry between the Canadians and the Leafs. So since it's Valentine's Day, we'll, uh, we'll play along with them. So, Peter, it's a final stretch for our contest. Why don't you tell the listeners about it? Well, that's it. Well, the Habs360
2: podcast is excited to provide a Habs fan with an opportunity to win an 8 by 10 autographed picture of Alex Galchenyuk, and it's courtesy of Frameworth Sports Marketing. Now, Frameworth is the largest distributor of autographed NHL memorabilia in the world and one of the largest distributors of sports memorabilia in North America. It's very easy to enter. Step one is you got to follow Habs360 on Twitter. Step 2 is tweet a photo to Habs360 of yourself wearing a Galchenyuk jersey or t-shirt and use the hashtag showyourhabs. Now, if you don't have a Galchenyuk shirt, you can tweet a photo of yourself holding a sign that reads, I listen to the Habs360 podcast on allhabs.net and use the hashtag showyourhabs. The deadline to enter the contest is this Friday, February the 20th at 11.59 Eastern Time. And that's all there is to enter the contest, and at the end of the contest, the winner will be randomly chosen from all the entries. Actually the winner of the contest will be announced on next week's uh, podcast as well. So uh, for more information on Framework Sports Marketing, visit their website, framework.com. And to view your contest entry, visit ShowYourHabs.com.
1: So just a couple of uh, days away, get your entries into the contest.
3: that's right. The Montreal Canadiens are a very good hockey team, and General Manager Marc Bergevin would like to continue to improve that, uh, and much more likely to do it as a hockey deal as opposed to rentals, which he did last year with Thomas Vanek. But two of the names we've been hearing out of Montreal for a considerable period of time now, weeks if not months, would be Lars Eller up front and Alexa Yemlin on the blue line. Now, the goal here for the Montreal Canadiens, obviously, if they're going to move those two guys, is to bring in other guys that are under contract that they can stay with long-term. But the problem you run into, Eller has three years left at $3.5 million cap hit after this season. And Alexei Yemlin, a very physical defenseman, has three years left on his deal after this season at a $4.1 million cap hit. It is not easy to move players with term and dollars. Nobody knows what the cap's going to be. It's like a gigantic wet blanket has been thrown across the trade front outside of Winnipeg and Buffalo anyways for players with term and contract. But those two names in particular are ones we've been hearing for weeks, if not months, as potentially available for a good hockey trade in Montreal.
1: So that was Bob McKenzie from Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken, before the Canadiens game, where he threw out the names that the Canadiens have been shopping around, Lars Zeller and Alexi Emelin. And according to Bob, it's been out; the names have been out there for weeks, if not months. We normally don't really discuss rumors here on HAPS 360 unless they come from a reliable source. Bob McKenzie is a reliable source, so we're going to talk tackle that. Uh, The subject right now, Peter. On uh, before that, just maybe provides. Lars Eller scored his ninth goal of the season last Saturday against the New Jersey Devils. It was a nice slap shot, and that was his first goal in uh, 18 games. Peter, are you surprised that uh, Lars Eller is on the market?
2: Not at all. I mean. We all know that the Canadians have too many centermen on this team. Uh, it's the, it's, uh, the team's uh, strength. Uh, if you look at uh, wing or uh, center, I mean, uh, right now you've got Plekanec, they are You've got uh, Galchenyuk, who's just waiting for an opportunity to play at center as well. Uh, you know. Eller is another centerman, and lately we've seen uh, Jacob De La Rose, who's been playing at center as well. You also have Manny Malholtra. I mean, there are a lot of options at center for uh, the Montreal mm-hmm. Canadiens. And uh, if you're going to make a trade, I mean, that's one of the things you can offer right, in the trade market is uh, center, is somebody from the center position. And if you wanna improve on the wing you gotta offer one of your centermen and I think the most uh the one that could get you the most value right now in the trade market would be Lars Eller. I mean the cap hit is not uh, that big. Uh, and I think uh it it's I think it's a combination of age, uh of a friendly little cap hit uh, and I think it could do uh he could be part of uh trade discussions, and I wouldn't be surprised.
1: I'm not surprised either. is on the, the market. And I'm a little disappointed of Lars Zeller's performance so far this season. And I was one of those people where during the off season and at the beginning of the season, thought that Lars Zeller, after the successful playoff run he had last year for the Canadians, that he was ready to uh, replace Thomas Plekkanet in that role, and that, that would make Thomas Plekanet expendable. But boy, was I wrong. Lars Zeller, at, th- at least not right now, I don't think he's ready to replace uh, th- Thomas Plekkanet. Lars Zeller, he has three years remaining, $3.5 million cap it for, uh, for the remainder of his contract. And like you mentioned, Peter from the centerman, besides Galchenyuk. I think Alar Zeller is the player that will probably get uh, the Canadiens uh, the biggest return.
2: That's it. Uh, you know Galchenyuk is untouchable on this team. I mean, he's the future number one center on this team. Uh, and you know the RNA is not going to get you much on the trade market with uh, the production that he's been doing uh, versus uh, salary as well. And uh, same with Placanic. I mean... Uh, there, I think Eller is the one that's going to get you the most right now. Uh,
6: regarding uh, Jacob, you know, um, you have to put him in position that to see. You know, um, he not, did not disappoint me at all, and uh, he's a smart player for his. For was only 19 years old, so uh, uh, I wanted to put him out there. First of all, I want to show him my confidence as a coach. And uh, in the meantime, I want to know how he was going to react, and he reacted the right way.
2: Yeah, I think I've been playing better for every game, so of course I came come in here with a good confidence, so I'm just going to try to keep playing
4: good. Above your expectations uh, your confidence?
2: No, I I know I'm good enough to play, and I'm just trying to show it every shift I'm out there, and um, try to work hard and do everything I can for the team to win.
1: So we heard uh, Michel Terry talking about Jacob Delarose following the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, and we ho- we heard from Delarose himself that was prior to the game against the Edmonton Oilers. So Delarose, 19-year-old center, he got his first point last game against the uh, the Edmonton Oilers, and He's been impressive since since his call up. And if we look he he has a size he's pretty big, Jacob Delarose, six foot two, hundred and ninety pounds. And Peter, I, I know you you touched upon it uh, a couple of minutes ago, but does the way that De La Rose have played with the Canadian since his called up with does it make uh, Bergerval well, uh, Berger, more I don't know comfortable or at ease in uh, in shopping around dollar?
2: Well, we've been asking ourselves questions, you know, lately. Why are the Habs, uh, you know, we've seen lately a lot of players coming up and down, up and down, and, uh, you know, I think it's just part of the process, and it's also a way to see which players... Uh, management thinks are ready to take the next step and be regulars on the team. And uh, I think right now it's just uh, a question of can Jacob De La Rose uh, take Eller's spot on this team? And uh, right now the coach uh, is really in love with uh, this player. And I think he's been playing very well too. I think he's He's got more hockey sense than Eller, if you ask me personally, and uh, doesn't make the team look bad. Uh, I think his overall play is good. And uh, I think that uh, the Canadians have players who could take Eller's spot on this team right now without, uh, you know, ruining the chemistry on this team.
1: Yeah, and a guy like, um, like De La Rose, he could always center the fourth line as well. And you can also later on during the season slot in Galchenyuk as well as a, as a third center on your team. So then you have De Arne, Placanet, Gelchenyak and Delarose or even Maholtra as a, as your centermen down the middle. And I think it's quite the message because according to the practice from yesterday, it looks like uh, De La Rose will be centering the third line, and Lars Eller will be on the left wing with uh, Christian Thomas on, on the right side. So as soon as I saw that mm-hmm. yesterday in the practice during Brossard, and plus with the word of uh, Bob McKenzie from earlier in uh, the season, to me it seemed like, you know what, this is surely trying to make sense, all of this. And to me it seems like Lars Eller. He might not get traded, right, at the trade deadline. If the trade isn't right, it might not happen, but that doesn't mean that his name isn't out there if he doesn't uh, doesn't get uh, traded. I look at his past.
2: I think just the fact that he's a former first-round pick also, it picks up, uh, you know, it adds a little value, you know, and I think teams might be able to, uh, willing to take a risk and, uh, you know, acquire Lars Eller and give him a chance on their team.
1: The, the second name that Bob McKenzie threw out there was defenseman Alexi Emelin. If you look at his stats, he has uh, two goals, 11 assists, plus 10. His contract situation, three years remaining at the $4.1 million they cap hit. Peter, what are your thoughts on Emelin being available? I'm not surprised also because
2: besides the settlement position, another position that the Canadians uh, have a lot of depth on is on def- on defense. We've seen Nathan Bollier become a uh, regular on this team. Don't forget that there's Jared Tenorti who's in Hamilton who's been playing uh, very good hockey as of late from uh, the reports we've been getting out of uh, Hamilton. So maybe the organization feels that you know what Tenorti ready and uh they're willing to make a spot for him on this team and uh they're hoping obviously if they feel that he is ready, they believe that uh he could take uh Emeline's role on this team and be that hard hitting uh defenseman uh hard hitting stay at home defenseman that the, that uh the kind of presence that emmelyn has and uh if that's the case,
1: I'm really not surprised that his name is out there as well. At his, best, at his best, Alexi is he's, he's physical, and which was lacking for most of the season. Last couple of games, he seems a little bit more back into the old Alexi Emlin but it's still a small sample size. I'd be okay with the Canadians moving on, but either in return you have to get somebody physical back, or like you mentioned, Peter, call up Jared Norty and bring him up for, for good for the Montreal Canadiens because if you don't get a physical defenseman, and Jared nord is not the player that is called up, then the Canadians will will have another need in the, in the back end. No, I believe the
2: case is if Eller and Emelin are
1: packaged together for a
2: trade, guarantee there's a a top six uh, scoring winger coming back on this team, and I think the Canadians have enough depth in their organization right now to fill that spot that Emelin will. Will be leaving and uh, to fill out ambulance spot as well,
1: and and one thing that we also heard this week, I'm not sure if it was from uh, either Bob McKenzie or Pierre LeBrun, is that we've gotten confirmation that the Canadians think the same needs are exactly what we what we've been talking about as well. He's been looking for a top six forward and a top four defenseman. As uh, as well, so to get those kind of players, can I mean, definitely do have to give up uh, something to get uh, to get it in return. I think that the top six forwards, uh,
2: you know, as rent. If we're looking at rentals, I don't think there's that uh, Thomas Vanek type of player that uh, Bergevin was able to pull out last year. I think that's the reason why he's dangling uh, Eller and Emmelin in trade talks because he's probably gonna end up getting a forward. Who has another year or maybe two left in his contract? Uh, uh, That's it. So, I I think as for defensemen, I think there's a lot more rental type defensemen that he could go and acquire, which will not cost him much, and who could fill out a top four role for the rest of the season into the playoffs.
1: And from all the rentals that that are out there, at least that we know, our, our possible trade bait, like they called upon TSN, giving up either Ella or Emelin, I personally think is too much for the type of rentals that are that are out there. So if you're giving up these guys, you're gonna to have to get somebody who you're expecting to remain with the, the Canadians. You know, perhaps like you mentioned, some uh, some turn. You can let us know via Twitter your thoughts on uh, Emelin and. Uh, Eller being available in the trade market, is it uh, bad news or good riddance? So, let us know via Twitter at abs 360. We also found out last night via RDS that uh, Michael Bourneval, the Toronto Maple Leafs are interested in him, and uh, if you look at his stats for Bourneval, in 21 games he has two goals, one assist, and if I'm not mistaken, both those goals scored him in the same game as well. And, Peter, based on his, the usage that we've seen uh, the coach use Bourneval lately, it's pretty much evident, right, that he is no longer in the team's plans?
2: I think so, too, as well. I think if uh, if the Canadians are looking towards uh, Toronto, I think they're looking more towards a rental player. That's why maybe these uh, Michael Bourneval's name came out there, because uh, besides that, I don't see why... Who else? I mean, you're not going to get a Phil Kessel for uh, Mikael <laughs> Bernabal, you know. If it's so, uh, And I think a player like Mikael Bernabal is a, a third, fourth line type of player, and the Canadians have a lot of those, you know. We saw one recently, Gabriel Dumont, who was called up recently. He could fill out a role like that as well, so the Canadians have a lot of those guys. So if they could get some kind of rental player out of Toronto, ideally for me... I think Cody Franson, who the Canadians showed interest during the summer when they offered Josh Georges to them, I think he's a guy who could fill out a need in the top four for the Canadians. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what's being uh,
1: uh,
2: discussed right now for the Canadians.
1: And we saw for Bourneville, the Canadians called up a lot of players like Delarose, Christian Thomas, Gabriel Dumont. And all these tradesmen with the Canadians, all of them got more ice time than Michael Bourneval. So, and we saw in the beginning of the season, how long did it take before he was able to come in for one It took lots of time. They even sent him down to Hamilton because he he hadn't played at all with the Montreal Canadiens. Also, the second name that was thrown out by RDS that the Leafs are are interested in is a Christian Thomas, who scored his first goal this week on a Thursday night against... The Edmonton Oilers, and these are the type of players that uh, the Canadians will have to give up to get a rental. So well, the eller Emlin is mostly for somebody with term. Bourneval Thomas is mostly for a rental, and you know even with Bourneval, you're not gonna get a big rental just for one-on-one. You're gonna have probably throw in like a maybe like a second round or a third round draft pick, depending on on who you go who you go fishing for. But, if it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, okay, you mentioned the name, Peter Cody Franzen. Uh, with Bourneval and Thomas, you're not going to go get, uh, like you said, Phil Kessel. You're not going to go get Dion Phanouf. Well, actually, do you even want Dion from on your team? Probably not. But besides that, what, Nazem Kadri? Even like that, you're not going to get him with uh, Michael Bourneval. But, hey, who knows? In Toronto, everything is possible. It might end up between that trade. So let us know your comments via Twitter. We've already gotten some. We'll read them in a couple of moments. At Tabs360 is the way to do it. And speaking of the leaves, it's time now for another leaf stroke. What's the difference between a um, an ugly girl and a Toronto Maple Leafs? The answer is even the ugly girl scores every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great Toronto Maple Leaf stroke. If you have one, you definitely know how to reach us, it is the same, uh, the same means. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll uh, look at your tweets. And, well, I need to apologize to two players for the Montreal Canadiens. I'll tell you who next. This is The Habs 360 Podcast, featured on net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 Podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of R2Canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit art 2 canvascom Good luck.
5: Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, Visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today.
1: If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, search Habs 360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. For the most trusted source
5: of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to AllHabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's AllHabs.net.
0: This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on AllHabs.net, dot
1: I'm Chris G along with uh, Peter so keep your tweets coming at Habs360 is the way to reach
4: us. Uh, we've got to prepare the same way every game and we got to go into every game with the same mindset and uh, it's a tough game when you worry about things that you can't control and um, you know sometimes we get caught up in that. We're, you know, we're only human and uh happens to everybody but we play our best when we just worry about our next shift and playing the right way and, and uh, we've had a lot of success doing that. We've got to get back to that. Yeah, it's, it's similar to Edmonton, these teams really don't have much to lose, um, you know, they just go out and they make plays, they turn the puck over, so be it, you know, they're not afraid to lose and that's uh, that's a dangerous team to play against, so I expect the same.
1: So we heard there from Max Pacioret and Dale Weiss in preparation for tonight's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, so Peter, uh, how do you expect the Canadiens to come out tonight against uh, the Maple Leafs, do you expect a good performance?
2: Technically they should. I mean, uh, after the 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 Edmonton game and uh, the way they lost, uh, they they should come out firing and uh, they should have a big game. Uh, Carey Price is back in goal and, uh, you know, they got to pick, pick things up uh, and
1: I think they're going to have a big game tonight. The Leafs are hungry as well for victory. Well, they probably have been for the entire year. They are 1-8-1 in the last 10. And their one win, I know I mentioned before, was against the Edmonton Oilers. So that's what makes Thursday the night's loss for the Canadiens look even even worse. For some reason, I think it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be a one-goal game, like, uh, like the Canadiens normally play. And I think we'll... It's going to go down to the wire. I don't think it'll be an easy win for the Montreal Canadiens, but I do expect them to uh, come out victorious in this matchup here on Valentine's Saturday matchup between the Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Let's go to Twitter to read a, a couple of comments. First one comes from Lawrence Bass, who says, chill with the bad rumors. And, Lawrence, thank you for the tweets, and as I mentioned earlier, if they come from reliable sources, which is Bob McKenzie and RDS, I think their their merit discussion. If they would have been published or tweeted by Hockey Insider, we wouldn't have spoke about them, but these are reliable sources. Uh, J.D. Lagrange writes, in regards to Ellen Emlin, it depends on the return, of course. Habs need a top six right wing and a top four D-man, and those don't come cheap. Can't get gold for a junk. So obviously, JD doesn't think that Canese will get much of a return for uh, for emlin and Neller. But I think if you package those guys together, maybe throw in uh, a draft round, you might be able to get something decent in uh, in return. Uh, Dominique Bouchard thinks Canine should keep Eller and trade Alexi Emelin. He writes that Eller is valuable, plays the hard minutes, D-zone starts, no power play, still good for 60 minutes production. Emelin has bad hockey sense. So thank you very much for the tweets. Uh, Dominic. so there's and a fan of Lars Eller and it seems like Lars Eller there's either you love him or you hate him. It's it's one or the other. There's no, uh, no in-between. Next one comes from Jay Matthews, who writes, Let's keep one-dimensional Dernais for multi-dimensional Lars and pick up Winger to play with Plek so D'Arnais has more chance to produce. Eller hasn't had any line mates for majority of time in Montreal, but still has comparable per 60 stats to David D'Arnais who can't play in defensive zone. Emlyn should have come over when asked. KHL turned him into a goon. Facial injury and now knee. He's not a the player they drafted. Emily needs to be paired with confident defensemen with better vision. Emlin needs to play simpler game and trust a partner. And he also writes, why ask about dealing 40-plus-year-old Gontra who can't keep Puck in the offensive zone on power play? So thank you very much for the tweets. Jay, so there's another fan of of Lars Eller. So Valentine's Day, so I guess we'll we'll love everybody from uh, from my 12th meetings. So we'll keep your tweets coming. At hap 360 is the way to uh, to reach us. Incredible what he can do with the puck and his patience and
3: poise, and his, he made that goal cool happen. And they got it again. There's Patrick.
0: Just scored a goal, chops into the zone, set it up in front. Weeks scores again. Dale
6: Weeks for the second of the night. Canadian
4: Weeks
0: gets in over the line, cuts in, the pass got in front of the net. ready. took a shot, score. Weeks is going to get the goal, I believe.
4: Everyone's got to come in the league and, and try to make a mark and do what they could. And, uh, you know, I did what I had to do to stay in the league when I came in, and now, uh, you know, I'm getting a great opportunity to show what kind of skills I have. No, he's always valuable. He's He's been plugged into different roles, and this role he's in right now, maybe uh, you get a little bit more of the glory, obviously. He's he's putting pucks in the net. He sent me up there for a breakaway. So he's always been useful, but it's uh, it's nice to see him get a lot of recognition because he definitely deserves it.
1: So we heard Dave scored three goals during uh, this week. His 7th, 8th, and ninth of the season, and we also heard from Max Pacioretty and, uh speaking about his his line linemate. Uh, just an interesting stat, 8 out of the 9 goals that Dale Weiss has scored have been at the Bell Centre, so that's quite an interesting stat. And well, to Dale Luis, I think I owe him an apology. I've been coming here on the podcast week after week after week, saying that, you know what, Dale Weiss, we should get him out of the first line. But the only thing that he's been doing, he's been on the first line, producing, giving his 110%, and doing everything that he's been asked for, and probably even more than what we expected. And Peter, I'm not sure if you feel the same way like uh, like I do, but I think I've converted. I think, I believe Dale East is is a number one right winner. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See that's uh, part of the problem. I mean, we were talking before about uh Habs needs and uh you know, Wees is doing the job temporarily for now, but you know, he he's he's not a full-time uh, first-line winger. Uh you know, he did the job against New Jersey and Boston, but uh He's a lot better than we think, you know. We often said that he's the ideal fourth-line right-winger on this team, but I think he's more than that. He's a very useful player who could uh, fill out many different roles when asked upon by the coach and uh, right now he's being asked to do that, but for the Canadians to have success uh, in the playoffs and go uh, one step further than they did last season, they need a scoring winger on that top line. And, uh, and for now, Weiss is doing the job, but uh, it won't, how long will it last?
4: He's been a heck of a player for us as long as I've been here. He's a guy that we rely on. Um, he makes players better around him, and I know the time I spent on his line, is, he's a pretty easy guy to play with. You. He'll find you wherever, so happy
0: for him to get recognized, but I don't think it changes the opinion of anyone in here. We've always looked at him as as one of our top guys, the guy that we lean on in, at all times.
1: So we heard there from Brendan Gallagher, that's before the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, talking about his teammate David Arne, who was named the third star in the NHL last week. He got one goal, four assists, and finished plus six in uh, in three games. And david is, I think another player that i want an apology to because i kept saying at the beginning of the season that he's not a um he's not a first line center so the coach eventually did move him off there and ever since he's been back well he's been playing like a uh, like a top line center so an apology in my behalf goes to david Davenez and i wish him all the best on uh, the first line peter, what have you been thinking of uh Dernes, since he's back? playing with uh, Patrick Red in the first line?
2: Well, they've had chemistry before, and uh, I think they can still have chemistry together. And uh, I think uh, I have no problems with that. I mean, Arne has to be either a first or second line center on this team. Uh, He he can't... You know, to play on the third line... He's got to be a centerman, that's for sure. And right now... Uh, the chemistry that he's had with Pachetti is good. Uh, you know, if they could find another winger on the market uh, to play on that right side, you know, uh, they've they've already been a dangerous trio with uh, Eric Cole back in the day when they had that amazing season. All three of them. I think if they could find a good winger to complement them, they could be as dangerous as
1: uh, that season. So looking ahead now to tonight's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Peter, a move that maybe is probably, I don't know, surprising is the right word, because tell us know what you think. But the UTC catch will be a healthy scratch tonight against uh, the Maple Leafs. It's unfortunate. I
2: mean, um, but right now, we can't really question it too much. Uh, this could be a question of just, showcasing some players that might be out there on the trade market and uh, maybe up uh, the, the opposing teams want to take another look at that's why you have jacob de la rose that's why you have christian thomas in the lineup this could be just that kind of a question i mean you know the canadians you canadians know what they are getting out of Catch, and i don't think They want to trade Seacatch either as well, as he is a player that they're probably going to rely on uh, a lot uh, going into the playoffs as well. So I think that's the main reason why he's not in the lineup
1: tonight. I agree that I think it's unfortunate, but I'm not surprised that it's reached this point. Seacatch has one point in his last 15 games, and he hasn't scored a goal in 18 games, so one point... I, I sort of understand the decision that was made by Michel Terry and it's gone to the point where I think he, he has he has to do it. So we'll see how that works out. Tom Gilbert is also a scratch for tonight's game and Mike Weaver will be in the lineup. Earlier in the podcast I asked, Well are you worried about tonight's game against the Maple Leafs? We've gotten a couple of responses from uh, from our listeners. Pops on net, writes how can anybody be worried about a game against the Maple Leafs? The 2014-15 shit-sucking Maple Leafs. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, for the tweet. Uh, Tom writes, it's Saturday night in Montreal. Habs are ready for prime time. No worries. So glad to hear that, Tom. And then Luke writes, opening game, Habs and Leafs. My friend says, beating Montreal would be like winning the cup reply, how would you know? So, exactly, the Leafs haven't won a cup since, well, we know that famous year in 1967. The Canadians also, Peter, I know we're going to look ahead maybe over to the following game, but Monday night, Canadians facing the Detroit Red Wings, and that game is playing is being played in Detroit. and. That's going to be an important game for the Montreal Canadiens as, as well because these two teams, there's a good chance to face each other in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and it's a team right behind them in the standings. They're both fighting for uh, a position in a division because it's pretty much sure that the Canadians will be there with uh, Tampa and Detroit as the top three teams in the division. So, it's an important game because it's also for home ice advantage as well. So. Uh, it's a very, very important game, and uh, because it's uh, an important game, I think we're going to see a very the Canadians' eight A game against them, and uh, who knows, so we might get a win.
1: <laughs> Based on recent history, we should expect a win for the Canadians <coughs> over the Detroit Red Wings. And I know earlier in the podcast I read the stats for the Canadians against the five worst teams. If you look at the opposite, the Canadian record against the five best teams in the NHL, they have a 4-3 and three record, so that's over a 500 record against their uh, their opponents. Alright, one more leaf stroke. What do the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Titanic have in common? They both look good until they hit the ice. <laughs> so that's another great uh, leaf stroke. Canadians facing the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern part of Hockey Day in Canada on uh, on Rogers, it's a 7 o'clock show, like I mentioned, available coast-to-coast on CBC in English and TVA Sports in French. Monday night, Can- Can- Canadians in Detroit, a 7.30 p.m. start game that could be seen only to, Bel- to viewers in Belleville East on the Sportsnet East in English and on uh, RDS in French. On Wednesday night, Canadians heading to Ottawa to face the Ottawa Senators at 7 o'clock, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast in English on the Rogers Sportsnet, and only to viewers in Belleville East in French on the RDS. And then on Thursday night, the Florida Panthers are in town at 7.30, game could be seen to viewers in Belleville East on the Sportsnet East in English and on the RDS in French. Peter G at Peter Galanos, thank you very much for another week. Always a pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me. Next week, we'll talk about this busy week that's coming up for the Montreal Canadiens. And as we mentioned earlier, we will be announcing the winner of our contest for a chance to win an Alex Delchenyuk, uh autographed picture. So we've been tweeting out the details. Go ahead and enter. you have until Friday, February 20th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to join. And we'll be announcing the winner next week thank you everybody for listening have yourself a happy valentine enjoy tonight's game between the canadians and the leafs we'll be back next saturday at 2pm eastern my name is chris g you can follow me on twitter at chrisg1980 have a good week and you know what we'll have a go tonight.
0: for the latest news on the montreal canadians follow us on twitter at habs360 and visit allhabs.net